Welcome to the Basketball is Religion podcast. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how has your summer been? Man, it has been going by fast, right? Since fall already. Um, I'm happy to keep talking hoops. Um, I think uh, Raul's going to step away and just maybe be a guest from time to time. So we thought we'd go with a fresh new name. And Matt, I'm going to give you reasoning why I suggested basketball is religion so you don't think I'm crazy. Because I know you you thought the name was a little out there. Um, the way the way the name came about is, and I also have this in my in our fantasy basketball league uh, that I play in with the whole, is, is that um, everyone was so into religion, dude, as a kid. Like, I'm sure you were a Catholic Christian, but, you know, my parents are Hindu, and we're not, like, super into religion. So, like, you know, as a motivation factor, because of Kobe Bryant, I was, like, at 13, 12 years old, I'm like, you know what? Basketball is my religion. That's what I'm going to do on Sunday. Because on Sunday, during that time, you had Hannah Storm, Bob Costas, Ahmad Rashad, and inside stuff. You had Michael Jordan playing NBA on NBC. You know the music. Um, and, and and that's how I came with basketball is my religion. You know, everyone's going to church. Everyone's, but not me. I'm at home and I'm watching NBA on NBC. So that's how basketball is my religion uh, came about. And that's how um, that, that's how I suggested the name for the podcast. 100%. Hannah, yeah, Hannah Storm, Modern Shot, Inside Stuff. I'm, I think they brought it back for a little bit, but everything they seem to bring back from the 90s. It just seems to be just a bad version of it. So, you know, we, we still miss miss it. And, and watching Bob Costas and Snapper Jones and and Bill Walton and those those afternoon an uh, afternoon Sunday um, basketball basketball games are great. So yeah, hundred percent. Um, People so it, hated Bill Walton. I love Bill Walton. People do not like Bill Walton, but I love me some Bill Walton. Bob Costas was actually commentating on the Yankee series last um, this last round. So. It was nice to hear his, his voice as well. Yeah, Bob Costas, all all those different intros to all those different games, the ba- especially the NBA Finals, it made everything so special uh, with with Michael Jordan and all them in the nineties. So so we're back with the new name, but we still are we're still gonna provide the same fun and quality content that content that y'all like. Uh, but let's just go ahead and jump into it now. The 2022-2023 NBA season started a couple weeks ago. All teams have played around five to seven games so far. Let's start with the Eastern Division and let's let's Eastern Conference and let's go into Brooklyn, right? They're last in the Atlantic Division. They're one and five. Let's dive into why. You know what 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 do you think's going on with Brooklyn? Um, everyone's back. Is it is it is this the is this the effect, dude, of like Kevin Durant wanting to trade? You know, because everyone stopped talking about the trade and then they said they were all together again. Do you think it's just that Steve Nash is not going to work out? I mean, I think that's the case because Durant called for the GM and Nash to be gone. And I think until they're gone, this team's not going to do much. The Brooklyn Nets are last in defensive rating. I guess they can put up like Kevin Durant's going to have his consistent. That's the best thing about Kevin Durant's career is his blatant consistency. His 30 and 10. So he's still throwing them up at his early, in his early 30s. So he's still going to have his consistent points. Kyrie a little more up and down than him. But offensive-wise, they've been fine. Defensively, though, they've been horrible. I thought Nick Claxton was a center. He's not a center. They have no interior defense. 
And then you're depending on guys like da- David Duke Jr. to play defense on the perimeter, which he did do a good job on. Steve Nash that you mentioned, he's a bit... I think he's a scapegoat, kind of like how Frank Vogel is a scapegoat for the Lakers. So Steve Nash was never a great defensive de- defensive player to begin with. So for him to install some sort of defensive identity, he would have need- needed to get a defensive assistant coach, which I don't see that on his staff. So if you're looking at scapegoats or people that are you know, looking to fire, maybe it's going to be Steve Nash, unless they potentially get rid of Kyrie because of this anti-Semitic stuff. I think it's going to be Steve Nash that's going to be fired if they keep, you know, they're one in five right now. Who would have anticipated the Nets being one? If yes, the Lakers, we looked at that tough schedule, but the Nets being one in five with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Ugh, what, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on them, Gons? Look, man, I mean, I agree with you, but not particularly for the same reasons. What defines defense? You're telling me KD can't play defense if he tried. Kyrie can't man up if he tried. These guys are so athletic on offense. They're not bought into the coaching. A team that has bad coaching, or I won't say bad, because I don't know Nat. Nash hasn't had a chance, dude. He's had, you know, the Kyrie thing, and Durant was injured, you know, all kind of issues with Harden. Like, now they have Simmons. My thoughts here is... There's no real leadership. It's almost a situation where you at where the vocal with Lakers is, you know, we have Ham now, and the players are starting to respect him, and they're playing defense, Matt. If you t- and we'll get to the Lakers, but they're not. It may not be the greatest, but they're hustling. There's none of that happening in Brooklyn, so they need a coaching change. Um, I think the issue is is, is upper management going to say, "Hey, we bow down to you, Kevin Durant, and we're going to do this." No, but. If Brooklyn loses a couple more games, that gives management the right to uh, get rid of Nash and maybe the GM. Um, so I think that is what's going to happen here in the next 10 games is you'll see Brooklyn continue to lose and they'll get a new coach. And if it's the right coach, this team can be a contender, 100%. These guys can play defense if they're willing to put their body on the line and want to play defense. But right now they don't. Yeah, because it's uh, interior-wise, you have Kevin Durant. Yes, he had that great block on Luka. But again, you're looking at Royce O'Neal. Again, like I mentioned, Nick Claxon. Interior-wise, Dayron Sharp, Markeith Morris, who I think hasn't played yet. It's just a lot of it's a thin interior. Like you can't. You'll once you get into the paint on them, it's it's easy buckets. They're 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 last in defensive rating at one twenty two point four. So opponents are scoring one hundred twenty two points on them. And look at the Pacers. They scored one hundred twenty five last night. We're recording this Sunday morning. I agree, but I think they're capable. I think Ben Simmons is a great defensive player. He's lengthy. I think, um, you know, I think TJ Warren can play defense. I think Patty Mills can play defense. I know they're smaller. Royce O'Neal could play some defense. He's a big dude. Um, I, I Marquise Morris, when he comes back, this team is capable. Kevin Durant is a tarantula. He can play defense. He can lock you down. Kyrie Irving, he's a, hey, he's not as much of a liability as Steph Curry, right? Uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. My point is they're good. They're so good offensively that even if they try and even if they're – they just don't need to be last place in defense. That's all I'm saying. And they have the talent to not be last place, but they are last place. So uh, I guess we just got to see. Like, if, if you're Durant and you're scoring you're, – you're, you're keeping up the offensive load and scoring 30s and 30s and 10s a night – 
Like, what energy do you have for the defensive end? Like, is, is he looking to be the leader, the linchpin of the defense, or just is that going to be Ben Simmons? Hey, Ben Simmons, you have to be the one. Yeah, okay. So two things there. Ben Simmons, yes, you have to play defense because you can't score. Second, it's the coaching to make the – you have offensive weapons. You have Seth Curry. You have Patty Mills. You have you have Cam – I mean, you have Marquise Morris. You have Kyrie Irving. Like, Kevin Durant does not need to take on that load. So, with that being said, and get Ben Simmons to score. Yeah, he can't shoot, but, I mean, he, he he's a viable to an offense with his passing ability. So, yes, both of those things, Matt. Um, coaching needs to make adjustments to lighten Kevin Durant's load so he can play defense. And number two, Kevin Durant has to be willing to want to play defense. All right, what, let's move on. This this division, what other teams you want to talk about? Let's jump to the West Coast here, dude. And and, and just for time, let's just talk about the Pacific Division. I, I, you know, the majority of our time is going to be spent on this because you know these are teams that are where we live is what we follow. And, of course, the Lakers are here. So let's just get into the Lakers, get that done with their own five. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things going on right now. So what what is going on right now? Is there is there a trade going to happen, or are they going to what? It's LeBron. What like LeBron doesn't have much left. So what do you what do you think is going on here? Shooting, shooting, shooting. It's they're shooting what twenty five percent. There is professional athletes, and they're getting wide open threes. It's not like oh they're they're contesting them very well. But uh, looking at the, all the advanced stats, they're getting wide open threes. There are one for six for three and, and corner three pointers, which is pretty much a layup in today's NBA. And there are one for six the other night uh, in their last game. So shooting, shooting, shooting. If they'll, as long as they're able to hit outside shots, they'll they'll play better. They should have won that that Blazers game defensively, like you mentioned before the pod. They're they're great. They're doing fine. They, Anthony Davis is still a linchpin of a great defense for as many offensive, you know. You know negative offense that they have their defense is still top five in the league which is crazy for an 0-5 team but just shows you how bad they are on offense Patrick Beverly can't hit an open shot we all know Russell Westbrook can't hit an open shot the lot that other game when um when they were guarding him with Nurkic or with Zubats just daring him to shoot and he can't shoot even LeBron he, his numbers are down from three-point range. Lonnie Walker, the guy, the MLE they brought in, the mid-level exception that they brought in, can't shoot. His numbers are horrible. Like, Troy Brown Jr. is their, their, glint, their glint of hope that someone can shoot on this team. He, I think he had a good, good percentage. I believe he shot like three of seven last game. So for the Lakers, they need to hit their shots. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I, I would have made that Buddy Heald Miles Turner for Westbrook in two first trades during the offseason. Um, but unfortunately, since that Lakers kind of nixed that trade, I don't think you can go back to that. Well, you'd have to get a better trade than that. Unfortunately, that's still, you know, based off how Miles Turner and Buddy Heald look. Buddy Heald's shooting the lights out this season for the Pacers. So I would still make that trade. Kind of have to. I don't see any other trades out there except for maybe that that. San Antonio deal with Pirtle if you need another backup center with Josh Richardson who could hit a three and then you bring in somebody else from that team uh, for Westbrook but try not to surrender those two first round picks which are very valuable to the Lakers so trying to get Westbrook for one pick for either you know I, I was looking at San Antonio or maybe even a Charlotte to to, to make them worse because they need to go get Victor Wenbinyama so yeah as far as the trades goes that's what I'm looking at Gons what, what do you see 
I like your trade options there because I would say the same thing. But uh, let's add a twist to it, man. Matt, Matt you are uh, – one situation is you're Rob Polinka. And so you just told me what you would do trade-wise, right? Because I think option one is clearly you got to make some changes to the roster. Now I'm going to give you a hypothetical. You are not Rob Polinka. There is no trade possible, and you are Darvin Ham. I want to know who's your starting five, and then I'll give you mine. Um, but in terms of trades, I agree with you. There's you got to make a trade, and the only chance, the only chance is uh, we wait another month. And t at the everyone's telling me, and I haven't done the research yet, but this new upcoming draft class is stacked. Um, so if this is the case, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be willing to make trades. Number one, Westbrook may be more appealing because you know get salary off the books next year. Uh, number two, tanks try to get a really really good pick. So. Uh, it, it's very possible that Westbrook's traded. Everyone say now nobody's going to want him. Things are going to change a month from now because of this draft class. But let's get back to your starting five. Let's say it's just not going to happen. No no trade available. You're, you're Darvin Ham. Your job's kind of on the line. I mean, it's your first year. You got, what, a three-year contract? Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, you're with LeBron in his last years. Who's your starting five? First of all, Westbrook, ha like, if he's going to be on this team, he has to come off that bench. That he actually did fairly decent against the the Timberwolves off the bench. You know, playing 20, 25 minutes, just a spark put off, off off the bench. He needs to go there. But as far as your starting five, unfortunately, you still need to put in attack defender and, and because Beverly did a horrible job on on D'Lo as a chaser. He needs to be a point of, of attack defender. He has to be your your starting point guard. Troy Brown Jr., honestly. He shot the ball well. Um, he'll be your two um, with Lonnie Walker at the three or even not even Troy Brown Jr. Let's go Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves also a good chaser. He's a solid defender in the backcourt. Austin Reeves, um, Lonnie Walker, of course, unfortunately I have to start him at that because you, you still need size, a little bit of size as you're starting three LeBron at the four and AD at the five. Um, that would be my starting lineup. I would uh, honestly, if I had total autonomy, I'd bring D Damian Jones would be the five and Westbrook would be at the four. LeBron would be at the three. Austin Reeves at the two and Beverly at the one, but knowing how this is, they're not going to be starting uh, Damian Jones. So let's go with that starting five. You're just booting none because none's not, not, don't get me wrong. None's that horrible, but are you, is he out of the lineup? Because he's, he's done pretty bad. I believe he's starting at the current. No, none. What does he brought you? None. Seriously. He's brought you nothing. So prove to me that he can come off this bone, this year long bone bruise prove he could do something, come off the bench with Westbrook and start putting up some points. Because if he doesn't, because his defense is horrible, he has to be averaging 20, 10 to 15 points a game for any sort of justification or at least bring something on defense because he is bringing you nothing. Yeah, I got you, man. Um, Gon Yeah, Gons, what is your starting lineup? I'm going to say, okay, so let's say Schroeder's back. Because how far, how far is he from coming back? About four or five weeks. Okay, so I'm going to say Schroeder is going to be my starting point guard, and I'm going to let him have the label, and I'm going to say, Schroeder, this is on you. You wanted to be a starter. You're a starter. Like, this is on you. So assuming, I'm hoping there's a chance that we'll get Schroeder back from a couple years ago, right, when he was on OKC, I believe. Okay, so Schroeder's my point guard, giving it to him. Um, my two guard, I'm going to go with, 
man, I like Lonnie Walker. I think he can score. I think he's athletic, and I think he's he plays defense. And I think the only thing holding him back from being great is intimidation, um, because he's playing against, he's playing with all these stars he's never played with before. But watching him in preseason and seeing some of his stuff during the games, the ability to make difficult shots, and then again on the other end, playing defense. And I like him in this lineup because rather than being off the bench, he doesn't have to exert so much offense. He could just do it as needed because you have LeBron Davis. And Schroeder. So you can really focus Lonnie Walker on defense as a two guard. So I like Lonnie Walker at the two. Um, I like Austin Reeves at the three, or vice versa, right? I think Austin Reeves is also just small forward. Um, and then I like Anthony, I like LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. And uh, the reason I like this lineup, Matt, is it's like the Yankees, dude. Um, and here's another baseball analogy everyone's trying to hit a home run, everyone's a star. That's why they just they didn't do well this year. Um, you got to have a good amount of role players. Um, and I, I just don't – I don't see enough role players. Everyone's saying, oh, why, why – like John Ireland from 710 always says, I can't argue to put Austin Reeves in versus Westbrook. And this was game after game after game, and Westbrook finally had a good game off the bench. But you can't look at – you can't look at it like, oh, this player is better than this player. You need to have role players. Every championship team has a role player. Um, role players. I mean, besides Golden State, who's just a glue and plays so well together, even though they have three or four All-Stars. So, yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, that would be my starting five. Let's let's get into the Suns. Four and one. What do you got? What are your thoughts on them? Crazy they're four and one, right? Like, with Jay Carter being gone and this issue is going on with Aiden in the offseason, now Aiden Aiden just got injured, I believe, yeah. yesterday. Injured. Exactly. So the fact that they're four and one is amazing to me. I would have sworn they would have had the, the Warriors start that would have flipped where the Warriors would have been four and one. But again, the Warriors are kind of have their own issues too, a little bit with the pool and Draymond Green stuff, maybe lingering, maybe not, but they're still three and three, and the Suns are four and one. I mean and they're beating quality. They, they came back against the, the Mavericks. I think they needed that to get the kind of not, not that to necessarily put the demons to bed, but to, you know, to have a little bit more confidence going into the season, coming back and beating the Mavs on the opening night. And it kind of, kind of led them to having this, this better, you know, better start that I think anyone would have anticipated maybe a 500 start. Looking at their schedule, they lost. They beat the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Pelicans. The Pelicans are, are maybe everyone's surprise team, maybe everyone's favorite team um, this season for how well they're doing. They beat them, and they beat the Warriors and the Clippers. The Clippers, <laughs> that's another discussion we could have. But, I mean, those those are quality teams that they beat. Uh, four quality teams lost to the Blazers, who are very surprising. So they have a pretty, simp- pretty easy slate coming up. The Rockets, the, the Wolves, two games against the Blazers. To maybe be nine and one, could be nine and one going into that Sixers game on in uh, on November seventh. So the Suns have been very surprising, um, but especially after what happened last season and what happened during them during the off season. Gons, what are your thoughts on the Suns? Man, um, this is all Monty Williams. I mean, he's just a good, great coach. Like people have bought into him. This shows you if you buy into your coach, the the potential there is. You don't have to be the best. It goes to these Disney movies, right? Where they're not, they're, you know, you could talk about remember the Titans. Or, I don't know. Almost any inspiration of the movie, the team is always the underdog and they always do better because they bought into the coaching. It is true in real life also. 
That team is a unit. They gel like glue. They remind me of the Warriors team before the Warriors got stacked, like when they were up and coming. I feel like they're up and coming Warriors when Warriors were first getting to the finals and they kept, you know, going around and about with the Cavs. Uh, I, I just think Booker's great. Uh, I don't like him personally, but he's great. Um, CP3 still doing CP3 things. Um, you know, Aiton's playing good. They're just they're role players, right? They're phenomenal. Um, they're a good team. They, they may have the best record, but they're always going to be that team in my eyes that has the best record that might go to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't think they'll win. Um, and that's my opinion on them because I, I feel like they, they just, they're still missing a piece, if that makes sense. But I could be wrong. It depends how Aiton does this year and how injury prone he is. Um, if his injuries aren't there, then who knows? You know, potential's there. Now, what's interesting to me is we talked, you touched on uh, the Pelicans, and I just saw one of their games yesterday. They are playing without Zion Williamson and Ingram, and to beat three and two is pretty impressive. Um, dude, CJ McCollum, whole different player from the Portland Trail Blazers years ago. He was just a shooter at that point. Now he is beating everyone on a, like, he's getting older. He's 31. And all of a sudden, he has a first step. Like, dude, are you on voids? Like, what the heck is going on? All of a sudden, you got handles. All of a sudden, you're making reverse layups. Like, I am mind-boggling that. What's going on with C.J. McCollum? Is it that Pinot Noir that he's selling? Or I, I just don't understand. Like, how do you get older and start to get abilities that you probably should have had it when you're young? Because the trend is, Matt, you tend to become more of a shooter as you get older. But McCollum's doing the complete opposite. Well, they're asking him to be the point guard of this team. Like you have Devontae Graham, yes, kind of more off the bench. You have Jose, Grand Theft Alvarado, GTA, and he's more of a bench guy too. So he has to be the point guard of this team. He was overshadowed by Dame a lot in Portland. Like, oh, he probably did a lot, but all the all the press, all the highlights went to Dame. So McCollum was probably doing this more in Portland, and just well, just didn't notice it. Now that he has the ball in his hands primarily on this port on this. New Orleans team that needs it, showing how well he could ball, honestly. This team is deep, Matt. It is, it's deep. It's arguably probably one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Um, I think the Clippers are deep, too, um, but this team is deep. If Zion's healthy and Ingram's healthy and McCullum and their bench squad, they're a bunch of firecrackers that have energy, Scary team, man. All right, hold um, on. I, I, I have a small question for you for yeah. with regards to the Pelicans. Let's say the Nets are, you know, maybe 500, less than 500 going to the All-Star break. And the Pelicans are maybe fourth or fifth, but they have a chance to go higher. Do you trade a Brandon Ingram and a first-round pick for Kevin Durant? I, I do not. You don't? Really? Wow, Why? I don't want anything to do with Kevin Durant if I'm the Pelicans. They finally have a young core that's playing together well that might be committed because of their personalities to stay in that market. Um, now, when you have that, don't go on and mess it up. Let them develop and play together. They they can be a team like the Warriors where they win three, four chips. They're so young. I mean, with McCollum being 31 and playing probably with some of the best basketball he's ever played, let's say he has still another four years. Yeah, Zion is, what, 21 years old, 22 years old? And then you have Ingram, who's 25, maybe, 26. There's, and then all those young guys I'm talking about off the bench are young. There's not many vets there, and they're playing great. Willie Green's a great coach. Don't mess that up. Um, I hope they don't. Not for Durant. 
Now, if it was someone that's proven like leadership and responsibility and can help on a veteran level and not cause, um, you know, I guess distractions in the media. Sure. Think about it. Maybe. Yes. But in this situation, no, do not take Kevin Durant. That's just my opinion. It would be like the person they need if we were getting, let, let's trade you um, Ingram and a first round pick for LeBron James. That's a, If you're looking for a leadership with the three, that's like the guy you want to get. But the Lakers are never going to do <laughs> No. No, and that, 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 that just makes me sad, right? All right, let, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we've got a couple minutes left, so let's talk about, let's go into another division. And let's touch on um, the Portland Trailblazers. We were just talking about McCollum. They're five and one. I'm guilty of saying Dame was done. And not done like he's not going to be effective at all, but he's a shorter player and he's six one and he rides, he relies a lot on athletic ability. Yes, we've seen his shooting tremendously improve over the last couple of years to the point to where he's making Steph Curry threes. But I did not expect this. Um and and maybe it's Anthony Simons. I'm not sure what's going on here. I mean, have you caught any other games? Why are they five and one? Or are they playing weak teams? Uh, I mean, there's some. Jeremy Grant was going to help them. Nurkic and Simons and Dame, of course, that familiarity, having some sort of cohesion, some sort of chemistry is going to help you out. They beat the Kings. They beat the Lakers. This they did beat the Nuggets, and they beat and they beat the Rockets. So it's not like a and they did beat that Suns on that second on that Friday, the first first week of the season. So you know they've been doing okay. Honestly, you know it's kind of like the Jazz, the Portland Trailblazers. This team, they're not going to win the championship. Yes, they're doing great. It's good, good feel good start of the season for the Portland Trailblazers. But also Dame's hurt again, so he's out for another week, I believe. They really should be going the other way. Like five and one, they they have to be more of the Lakers. If Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, those guys are great. Those those rookies coming in, they have to have a ping pong ball in that in, in that in that till to get one of those players to so be five and one. It's great, but what does that get you? Some some extra extra seats in the in, in the stadium for the first few games until they kind of drop off. But I, I, the the Blazers are again, again a good feel good story. But I don't see them maintaining this at all. What do you think? I kind of agree with you. I um, I think their their franchise, Chauncey Billups, the uh, management's like we have a Dame, we committed to winning, right? But you're not good enough. You're not good enough to to challenge the heavyweights. You're not good enough to beat the Warriors. You're not going to be. The Suns, not in the playoffs. You know, they might meet them during the season. Um, you probably can't beat the Clippers. You can't. Uh, I don't see you beating. You know, I don't see. You yeah, they're not a top. Boston. Yeah, they're not a top six, eight. They're not a top ten team in the, in the league. So they if you're not top 10. ten with 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 a chance to win the championship, you have yeah. to go the other way. They might be like right around ten. And so, if I was them, and I would be thinking about this business wise, I would trade. Damian Lillard to a contender because I, I I don't want to talk shit on him but I think he has like you said he's injured again but he's playing phenomenally he has two years left maybe and and that's with getting injured here or there here or there what happens when he keeps getting injured and he misses a week and misses another week and their whole offense is derived around him 
I just I, I think he would be a good number two or maybe a sidekick, like a one and two, and someone, you know, that, that he can play with. I think now he would have really, really utilized McCullum and 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 like more than ever, you know, compared to the past. So my thoughts with this is you're Portland, maybe you want to rebuild. You got Anthony Simons, who's really great. If you tank and pick up another really, really good rookie, you got a foundation to be really, really something in a couple of years. Um, so I'm with you. I would say trade Dame um, and tank. Try to get another. Try to get a really, 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 really good young player. Put him with Anthony Simons, and start to see that team develop to be like what a you know New Orleans is today with like two or three phenomenal young stars. Because these stars coming in at 22, 23. They're going to, you know, carry the franchise for 10 years. Um, but I get it, dude. People don't stay in Portland, Matt. And Dame is committed to stay in Portland. So I, I see the other side of it, too. All right. Any any other teams you want to talk about? Let's wrap up. Well, you got anything else you want to wrap up before we talk about a team? And then we could, uh, or do you want to want to pick one more team? I mean, we haven't talked about the Central Division, but I think that's kind of self-explained. Like, the Bucks. Are the Bucks and the Pistons? Are the Pistons? Um, we could talk about Boston. You know, they're uh, you would think with the controversy that they would be struggling, but they're three and two. I mean, that division is 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 neck and neck, so it's really you can't even say that they're playing phenomenally better than everyone. Let's talk. Let, let, let's talk about the Sixers. What the what the hell is going on in Sixerland? Yes, they did win the other day, but they lost to San Antonio. I watched that game um, with League Pass. I, I watched that game. It just seems like e- even though that uh, Embiid's getting his stats, it's just he looks so disinterested out there. If we were to do a preseason podcast, I would have picked Joel Embiid to win the MVP this season, but he just doesn't look that way going into this season. Is it because they're trying to shape that team more around a James Harden than they are around him? I don't know. What do you what do you see, Gons, with with Joel Embiid in the Sixers this season? So I'm going to piggyback off Barkley here, um, and this is something that I've noticed with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis will have one game where he plays inside, and um, and it's usually after someone rips him, whether it's Stephen A. Smith or somebody. Then I'll go back to play inside. Then I'll go back for two, three games, shooting outside jumpers, um, missing outside jumpers, you know, shooting 20%, maybe making one move, looking gassed. Um, and and, and I, I'm starting to see that trend with Embiid. He's starting to want to take more perimeter shots. You know, he thinks he's Cat. You know, not every big man can shoot like Cat. Um, he thinks he can, and he can shoot. He's not horrible. He has that baseline, PJ Brown, Haslam jumper, but you can call it for us older folk. Uh, but uh, he's a monster inside if he just played inside. But he doesn't want to play inside. He doesn't want to body up. He's going away from that, and that that's not going to work for the Sixers. Um, and now, if you try to get Harden to be the number one, that's not going to work. He's He's past his number one. He's never going to be a number one again. Um, Tobias Harris has never panned out to be like an all-star. He's just always – he's a good role player. Don't get me wrong. Good role player. Very good role player. And I feel like they got Montrez kind of on the decline because he's always been kind of a shorter big guy. 
And now, like, he's getting older because, you know, Mont- Montrez is getting 20, 28, 29, not 24, 25 anymore when he was doing all that crazy athletic stuff. I, I just don't see – I don't see them doing well. Um, I, I don't think the roster's built for it unless Embiid changes his style of game. And then you have the open James Harden shooting threes, which you know he can do. Then things can change. But uh, that's kind of the trend that I'm seeing with Sixers. All right, Gons, give me your closing shot. Well, happy Halloween. Tomorrow is October 31st. It's been a great month of baseball, football, and basketball. Um, excited to NBA is back. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen, I think, in the next month that's going to be fun for us to talk about. So, um, you know, we're going to have everything that we had with the hoop bar. You know, we may, we'll have Instagram, we'll have a TikTok maybe. Uh, we want you guys to share your thoughts, be involved in we're going to have plenty of guests, you know, we'll have, uh, like I said, Raul will come on time to time from Tony, the tiger, whenever we get into nineties basketball, he's going to be here. Uh, Lino will, will come back. So, um, yeah, just, uh, happy to be talking hoops again. And that will be it for us today. There are so many things we still haven't talked about, like the rookie class, Benedict Matherin on the Pacers. It might give them a reason to want to trade buddy healed, and Miles Turner to get him more run with Tyrese Halliburton, try to build that chemistry. You have to talk about that. Paolo Banquero might be the rookie of the year if it's not for Benedict Matherin. He's killing it in, in the, on the Magic right now. So between those two guys, Sharp on Portland, which you didn't get into, there's a lot of positives about the season. The Bucks being 5-0 without um, Chris Middleton, it's it's going to be a fun season. Again, there's more also more negatives, unfortunately, we have to get into, but it's, it's going to be a fun season. Thank you guys for listening uh, on our new venture here with this new name and this new podcast. And we'll see you next time on the Basketball is Religion podcast.